When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. The dark web can be like a restaurant for identity thieves. Hi, ready to order? I'll have the driver's license number. Great, that comes with a home address or a birth date. Ooh, both, please. It can be dangerously easy to steal your identity. LifeLock by Norton makes it easy to help protect yourself. If you become a victim, we'll work to fix it. No one can monitor all transactions, but everyone can save up to 25% off their first year at LifeLock.com aware. Identity theft protection starts here. Music's a bit louder now. Here's the match reaction for Everton's very, very handsome loss to Aston Villa on Saturday night. The unbeaten start of the season is very much over. And the Blues, uh, yeah, disconsolate after that game tonight, joined by Mark Mosey and Nick Preble. Um, it was one of those games where after an hour it felt like we were in the game, we were going to sort of maybe do something and could potentially nick it and then everything came tumbling down around us in the last few minutes. Yeah, I think it's, as you rightly said, one of those games that just before Aston Villa's first goal, you probably thought that if any team were going to really nick this, it would be Everton. But I feel like every negative result that impacts Everton in between September and January will probably be referenced to a very scarce and quiet transfer window. And that, that's just the unfortunate nature of how a low amount of business in that window will, will impact you in the next few windows and uh, it, sorry in the next few months and I think well if Everton had someone that they could have brought on on around about 55 or 60 minutes to positively influence the game then it would have been a different story but I, I, I think back to Damari Gray's potential chance where he, he, he has the opportunity to kill one into the bottom corner and think well I, I have a faith in Everton's tactics and in the way that we set our teams up at the moment in which if we are to go 1-0 up halfway through into a, into a second half of a game I have an underlying ability that people like Ben Godfrey and Yerry Mina and Michael Keane are able to keep a, a relatively stable line and, and maintain a lead but if your squad is depleted to the point where people like Richarlison and, and, and other key members of this team are not present in that squad if you go 1-0 down it's a very, very tough mountain to climb. And from the moment that Aston Villa got their noses in head, albeit a bit fortuitously, it, it, it takes a monumental effort for Everton to get back into that game. And ironically, we've spoken so much this week about goals in quick succession and about how Everton were able to do that against Burnley on Monday night. But without the firepower of, of someone like a Dominic Calvert-Lewin and someone like a Richarlison, it's very hard to see how, how this Everton team functions. And do you know what? Big picture and retrospectively, you, you look at what the, the first six weeks of the season has brought to us, and I think with all of the the negativity that a lot of us brought into this season on, on the back of the Rafael Benitez appointments, we'd have all taken the situation that we are in, but... It, it, it's very difficult to look back on an individual 90 minutes that we've seen against an Aston Villa side who I think in the main part didn't really offer a great deal going forward I think the game was there wasn't it 
they they are they are massively punching in terms of the result that they've been able to to generate out of that game tonight and it, 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 it's, it's another advertisement for the fine margins on which this, this entire league season exists and quite honestly Everton have got a lot of questions to ask themselves over the next two to three weeks which is the the, the touted timescale on which we are to believe that we are without Richarlison and Dominic Calvert-Lewin and Damari Gray is an, is an excellent value signing and Solomon Rondon we hope is, is very much going to fall into that category but I think if we are to be realistic about the expectations not only of Everton in the next six or seven weeks but for the entire season we have to again look again at the, the squad depth and, and ask ourselves well yes the, the, this team at, it, at its absolute pinnacle are able to perform and are able to compete with the best of them but the entire campaign will rest on our strengths against an entire 38 game campaign and I think what one of those games tonight is just going to be one of those that you're just going to have to throw up in the air as, as being one of those where the, the the lack of depth in the squad is going to ultimately tell Nick Preble what are your thoughts on that mate? Yeah it's a tough game to digest there's not a lot about tonight that's excited to me um I think for an hour we probably matched Aston Villa. Um, there wasn't a lot between the two teams. They grabbed the initiative tonight like we did on Monday. But tonight we've been on the receiving end of that. Um, I think what worries me is that we've almost ridden that crest of the new managerial appointments. Um, and through the coming games, are we going to be able to um, see that out almost? Um, based on the injuries we know about, um, the performance of tonight, I'm pretty worried about what, how we're going to perform over the next few games. Um, but purely, purely it's nice showing. I mean, we just need to forget about this game. Um, as I said, there's nothing at all that excites me about tonight. A couple of chances, Damari Gray in I particular. It's fair to say that what happened tonight given what we saw at Goodison Park last season could quite easily have happened on Monday night against Burnley there are pinnacle moments in this league and in particular games whereby if you concede goals at crucial moments you will be punished for it and if we were to go 2-0 down for example to Burnley in the second half on Monday night then we quite simply are not able to come back from that if Richarlison's on the pitch tonight and we get back to one all, or we go one goal ahead then We've got the calibre of player that are able to see those games out. But I think what, what I want to see from Everton this season is not necessarily being able to firmly have a grasp of games like tonight that are, uh, yes, I, I would say probably lesser opposition, but they are very much 50-50 football matches. You know, I, I, I in no way expect Everton to go away and, and, and beat pretty much anyone in this league because we, we quite simply haven't earned the right to do that. But... What I want to see from this season is when we do have this sort of equilibrium game against a team who are on a relatively level pegging against us, when we are at home to someone like a Burnley or at home to someone like an Aston Villa, I expect us to take the initiative. What we didn't have tonight is the, the, the calibre of player to take the initiative in key moments. I think that, that ultimately cost us. The, the the incentive will always be on someone like an Aston Villa and you see it tonight in the moments where they bring on a Leon Bailey and, and they do go a little bit more offensive 
the expectation is for them to go out and win the game and, and they've, they've absolutely done that tonight and I think the, the, the default setting for any relatively defensive set up side and, and, and for a team like Everton who quite simply haven't earned their right to just go out and beat whoever they want in this league is to go out and set up shop on the arm mark and, and try and play for that point that quite honestly most of our our fan base would have taken before the game I'm not, I'm not sure they did that well they did it but it was like they were doing it well until that, that mistake from Luka Dean and then after after, yeah. after he switches off it all, it, well, it all came tumbling down after that didn't it yeah I think it's more disappointing on a personal basis that it was him who was involved because for, for so much of the the debate that, that surrounded his performance not only against Burnley but I think for the for the best part of the latter half of last season question marks have been there not, not personally from myself I think I still think he's a he's a high caliber left back but in, in individual moments like tonight for the first goal and in those sort of one-on-one battles you, you do get all of the the nightmares that we all kind of started seeing from Luca Dean and Luke, uh, excuse me, from Leighton Baines and, and Luca Dean is at no point near that level of his his career and no, he's absolutely nowhere near being written off to the extent that we were all talking about Leighton Baines in that regard. But when when you see individual battles being lost by your fullbacks in such a key, I mean, we we spoke so much in the week about formations and and how pivotal fullbacks will be regardless of whether we set up in a 3-5-2 or a 4-4-2 I think when, when you see your fullbacks being totally outwitted by opposition wingers or opposition fullbacks it raises a massive question mark and I think you could, you could, you could say exactly the same about someone like Ben Godfrey for, for Aston Villa's third goal where Leon Bailey goes relatively unchallenged for 20 or 30 yards of the pitch and and I know we're picking very individual and, and nuanced battles out here in, in what was a relatively evenly balanced game. Well, but it felt like the game turned on them tonight. Yeah, absolutely, yeah. And, and that, that's the nature of those style of football games is that you we, we've spoken about Everton teams who are able to get football matches to a particular point, be it 55, 60, 70 minutes. Are, are you capable of then kicking on and winning those games? I, I probably look at a a Tottenham Hotspur side from a couple of years ago as being one of those idyllic teams whereby they've got key players like Hung Min Son and Harry Kane who are capable of taking games to this stage and then winning them in a crux moment. I, I don't necessarily look at Everton without Richarlison and Calvert-Lewin as being the type of side who are able to be that dangerous and that clinical. And, and that, that is ultimately where games like this will ride on. I mean... We we are capable of grinding it out up to a point, but the the unfortunate truth about this league is that bar the top four or five teams, we we are all capable of getting to this point, and we'll we'll see it against far lesser teams this season. Everton will take games like this against a Watford or a Norwich or a Brentford. There'll be plenty of times this season where we take a game to a certain point where we then start to ask ourselves questions about the, the level of players we've got in this squad and more importantly the, the level of play that we've got on the pitch and I think we all knew going into this season and, and beyond the 31st of August whereby if we didn't strengthen to a certain degree we were going to start asking ourselves a lot of questions when people like Calvert-Lewin and Richarlison and even to an extent someone like a Seamus Coleman who Yes, there's been plenty of question marks about not only this season and last season, but for, for years up to this point, whereby 
are, are you capable of being that player who transforms a game? And I think tonight, tonight it's just it, it, it's it's one of those games where we've just fallen at one player too short. Uh, Prep, um, Luca Dean, a little bit of a tired time, thanks at the moment, isn't he? Yeah, I'm, I've sort of been a little bit concerned since the start of the season, actually, with Luca Dean. Um, he's not kicked on like he has the past couple of seasons. I don't know whether that's like a um, this new intention in terms of position. I'm not sure whether he expects to be more defensive than he has been in the past couple of seasons. But um, I really hope he hasn't lost that instinct that he obviously has in his national position because um, he's clearly a full flat goal. Um, he's I I almost feel like the past couple of games as well. There's been a couple of moments where he's either uh, lost track of a player um, or maybe been found out a couple of times. Does not look sure? Sort of not, no. I don't, I don't like to be reactive and judge him on a couple of games, but you do want them, do want players like that to, to fix those problems as well going forward. So, um, I don't know. I absolutely love Luca Dean. I really think he's, uh, you know, one of our best players one of our best creators in the team um, at the moment I'm not sure what his best best position is I, I, who's going to replace him? last week he wasn't putting many crosses in he wasn't getting much um, much uh, joy down left hand side he wasn't defending very well so I'm a little bit concerned at the moment as to, as to, as to what we what we want out of him what Benitez wants out of him um, I don't know um, he's almost like a luxury player because uh, we we haven't got anyone of them actively in, in backup for him uh, he's not got a huge amount of competition um, I think I think we need to be making better use of him than we currently are um, I don't know I, th- I think we could probably forgive him tonight as long as he doesn't make the same mistake in the next game um, but just like a, a more general comment on tonight's game. We didn't have a shot on target in the second half. Really, really bad when we're concerned, conceding three goals. Um, I, don't, I don't know what to think. I don't know what to think about the next game. But it's, it's, it's one of them, though, isn't it, Moose, where you look at it, you know, Everton without Dominic Carvalho with Charles and they're about Gilby Sigerson and Hamas Rodriguez for whatever reason. And you're about your four best, you know, four top goal scorers from last season. You know, that's, you know, they're, they're all still lads who are at the football club ultimately. You're supposed to be able to rely on them and be able to play games. And Sigerson played as a false nine at times last season in games, which we've won away at Wolves and stuff like that. And, you know, it's, it's, it's hard because we're sat here after this game and Everton have been spanked for about 10 minutes by Villa and ultimately it's cost us the game. But, yeah. You look at you look at it and go, well, what do we really have in terms of goal scoring? Other than, you know, we've become reliant on Damari Gray, we've become reliant on Andrew Townsend, but they're not lads who are prolific goal scorers at the end of the day, are they? You know, the lads who you depend on, the lads who you expect to, to chip in with a goal when you're one nil down away from home, or when it's nil nil away from home, when it's a tight game and there's there's nothing in it like it was today. None of those lads were, were there, were they? I, I don't I don't think for Man City and Liverpool and potentially you look at someone like Man United now going out and signing Ronaldo I don't think there's any other teams in this league who can earn the right to play poorly 
or even in an average state into 60, 70 minutes and then declare any form of right to win a game comfortably in a way that we kind of thought that Everton potentially could do tonight. And, you know, we, we try and single out players on an individual basis. The, the reality is that the nature of our squad this season and what we've all kind of bought into with Rafael Benitez in the last few weeks is that this squad has limitations and this this team has limitations that quite simply we are not able to overcome on a game-by-game basis. I mean, we, we talk about the fine margins tonight in which Aston Villa has scored three goals in ten minutes. We, we can't champion that on Monday night against Burnley and then expect not to be on the receiving end of that on, on certain games. We, we have built a we have built a squad and we are in an unfortunate state of, of this team at the moment whereby a lot of our games are going to exist on a knife edge. And the, the challenge and the gauntlet is very much laid to Rafael Benitez to be able to manage evenings like tonight whereby the tide can very much go against you. Uh, and and we, know, we know how away games can be and, and everything we've said about Aston Villa having to, to be the team that takes the incentive in these particular moments. And quite honestly we're not going to be able to to manage all of these moments I thought I thought that tonight from the offset was going to be a game that was predominantly won and lost in the middle of midfield I, I don't necessarily think it it, it 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 unfolded itself in a way like that I think people like Abdelai Decore and Alain had relatively comfortable stretched, games wasn't it? it was stretched the whole game it was yeah and I think it, it was ironically at a point where Aston Villa scored where the game was getting stretched at a point where I thought that people like Damari Gray and Alex Awobi, who showed a couple of nice touches and, and looked relatively effective, but doesn't necessarily ever give you the convincing thought where he's going to take the game from 65 to 75 and be that influencing factor. And, and to be honest, if he was any better a player than that, he, he wouldn't be playing for Everton. Um, if, if he takes someone like Salomon Rondon off and you haven't really got a predominant attacking option who's going to be that central attacking pivot up top you're going to struggle we're, we're, we're asking Alex Awobi to do things that he's never really done in an effective Arsenal side never mind in an Everton side and we, we, we simply haven't got the strength of, of quality and the strength of depth to be able to to be that fluid in attack and I think it, it, you, you could argue that we, we probably went for it a little bit too much in terms of that level of style and when Aston Villa did start to ask questions we, we were left a little bit exposed in particular in the fullback options but do you know what the, these games are going to happen Everton are not going to be a football team that goes a football season unbeaten and, and if, if you're to reflect on the last four or, or five league games and coming up against a, a Norwich side at home next week where we all expect to win if you're to offer me the, the 13 or, or 12 or 13 points at the back end of those games and I think we quite frankly all take it the, these are quite simply the lessons that we are all going to have to learn all going to have to ride this season because that, that's just been the nature of our summer transfer window and as I said at the, at the start of the show the, the, this is the point where a, a lot of our a lot of our negativity and a lot of our arguments of the first half of the season are all going to detract to but if we can keep ourselves relevant and keep ourselves in the top half of this this season then we, we, we quite simply at this moment have to just play the waiting game until our most affected team uh, our most affected players sorry are, are back in the firing line and back in this team when you talk about um, keeping yourselves relevant yes they keep a bit of perspective as well you know we're 10 points after 5 games 
probably would have snapped your hands off of that before the, before the start of the season, wouldn't you, Mia? Absolutely. Um, so you points to Man City. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so, um, you know, like I said before, you just have to hope that we're not entering a bit of a dip in form after the, uh, the initial great start. Um, we're on the next match. Yeah, uh, we'll leave it there, I think. Uh, nothing more to say about that. We'll, we'll get into it more in the week. But Hamas Rodriguez, as well, he wasn't in the squad tonight, but Benitez, all that kind of stuff on the blue room. But cheers to Moose, cheers to Nick. And uh, that's it. Uh, Aston Villa 3, Everton 0. Dead disappointing night to Villa Park, but hopefully the Blues can bounce back against Norwich next week. We'll speak to you then. Uh, hopefully you've enjoyed this post-match on time this time. Uh, we'll speak to you again soon here on the blue room. Something you probably do know. Progressive can not only offer you a great price when you bundle home and auto, they offer you round-the-clock protection. Something you probably don't know, the average oak tree branch can hold 70 pounds. Something you probably do know, your neighbor is building their kid a treehouse. Something you probably don't know, a falling treehouse would take out your whole fence. Bundle your home and auto with Progressive and get more than a great price. Get round-the-clock protection. Something you know for the things you don't know. Coverage from Progressive Casualty Insurance Company, affiliates and third-party insurers and subject to policy terms. Bundle discount not available in all states or situations. Sports Social Podcast Network.